to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jay the Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode 15 of our season-long journey. So if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? Guys, we have a great one in store for you all this evening. So make sure to kick back and relax because I... I got you. Let's get started. I'm coming to you from a place that I like to call the saloon. So, Barkeep, what do we have on tap for today? On tap today is a recap of last week's games, an interview with Ivan Aurekoechea, and a preview of the Seattle game. Alrighty, thank you, Barkeep. I have my lasso in hand, and it's time for our post-game roundup, the segment where I round up my thoughts on the most recent New Mexico State games. And in this case, the Aggies earned a 71-49 to road win over Chicago State on Thursday, followed by a 67-61 to road win over UMKC on Saturday. So here are my takeaways. My first one comes from the win over Chicago State, and it's that the Aggies still have bench scoring despite all the injuries. It's just going to be a matter of getting it consistently. Now that six-man role has changed a lot for the Aggies throughout this season. Jabari Rice, Johnny McCants, Evan Gilliard II, and most recently Terrell Brown before the injury to Traveling Queen. All of these guys were embracing that six-man spark off the bench role, but now all four of those players are in the starting lineup with this shortened rotation, and that's taking a toll on the team's second unit scoring. Now when New Mexico State's is three games leading up to this one against Chicago State, the team was only averaging 10.3 bench points per contest. But that changed against the Cougars thanks in part to Sean Williams, the junior sharpshooter, erupted for 15 points on 4 for 9 shooting, 3 for 7 from deep in 21 minutes off the bench. He's been streaky this season. That has probably been the biggest knock on his game. Also, his minutes have been streaky. But anyways, he was not alone in this one. All six players that came off the bench for New Mexico State actually got on the scoreboard and they combined for 36 bench points. That's the highest total the Aggies second unit has scored against a D1 opponent since it dropped 50 against Colorado State on November 25th of 2019. Now that's a great sign for New Mexico State moving forward and even though they're not going to do this every night 36 is a lot of points just having that second unit maintaining that aggression is going to be big for the Aggies but now let's get in the roundup number two. So my second takeaway comes from the win over UMKC and it's that defense is still the biggest strength for New Mexico State. Now look, the Aggies could not buy a bucket in that first half. They missed their first four field goal attempts. They went one for six from deep and they only had 27 points at halftime. Now, if you just go off of that alone, on the road, you think there's no way you can win a basketball game when you're shooting like that. But New Mexico State's defense helped it make a comeback in the second half. The Aggies held the ruse to zero made field goals from the 11:39 mark to the 3:49 mark in that second half. That's seven minutes and 50 seconds without a bucket. And by the time that drought ended, New Mexico State had a 60 to 46 advantage. The Aggies are only allowing 59.8 points per contest this season, which leads the conference and ranks seventh in the entire country so it's this stingy defense that'll be something they can lean on moving forward when they're having an off shooting night but now let's get into roundup number three 
So my third and final takeaway comes from both games, and it's that New Mexico State is getting back to its ways on the offensive glass. Now, entering this week's games, the Aggies hadn't gotten double-digit offensive rebounds since their conference opener against Cal Baptist. That's seven straight games of single-digit offensive boards, but New Mexico State got 10 in each game against Chicago State and UMKC. And yes, while that is just barely double digits, it still makes a difference. In that game against the Cougars, the Aggies were plus 13 in second chance points. And in the game against the Ruse, they were plus eight. That can decide a lot of contests, especially in that UMKC game where New Mexico State only won by six points. So we'll see if the Aggies can keep that going for the rest of the season because they have the players to make it happen, guys. Ivan Adekoachea is a beast on the glass. Johnny McCann seems to be getting at least two putback dunks every game at this point. And Jabari Rice actually has the best offensive rebound percentage amongst all guards in the WAC. This can be a really big advantage for the Aggies if they just keep at it for all 40 minutes. So that buzzer means that is all the time we have for segment number one. Now it is time for segment number two, which is an interview with Ivan Adekoachea. The senior has been playing like the best big man in the WAC since the start of conference play and really just one of the best overall players. And I got to sit down with him on Monday. So Barkeep, change the channel real quick. You got it, boss. So yeah, like I said, appreciate you taking time to talk to me. Uh, congratulations on the pair of wins on the road. Thank you, sir. Uh, just what do you think were the biggest takeaways you guys can have from those pair of games? I think that this um, the feel of the um, of the defense getting better in the second half in the um, in the game against Kansas. I think that is uh, one of the things that we can say that we get better in this trip. And talking about the offensive, about the rebounds, we get better in both games, and that's something that we have to talk about. Yeah, definitely. You guys had a really good stretch second half of that game against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a 15-2 to two run, and you had 10 of those points and an assist. And I think what was really cool that Jans pointed out was that anyone who came even off the bench or was already on the court, they knew to kind of feed you the ball. There's not a lot of selfishness with this team. Mm-hmm. Just how much does that make it easier for you when you have guys that are willing to, to recognize that if you're hot, you get the ball? I think that it's not just the, the point that they, they knew that. was the point that they... They could they could give me the ball because uh, the other team wasn't double team me like they didn't do most on me because uh, they knew that if they left free one of the other guys was a secure shot for them and um, I think that's the point of why I get the ball so many times in the post the other day and that's why I had the opportunity to get hard and score the ball so many times. Yeah. During that stretch, you had a really good, uh, you're doing a turnaround jumper and you find Terrell Brown just kind of mm-hmm. cutting to the lane. You get him wide open. Is that something you take just equal pride in as, just as much as scoring as being able to find the open guy like that? Yeah, I think that when um, when the other team start getting on me, it's, uh, it's always you have to know where everybody's on the court. So if you want to pass the ball quick, you have to know where everybody is. So you have to knew that before of make the move. So yeah. that's how I knew that Terrell could cold cut from the corner. Yeah, definitely. You've got, you're already playing really well in non-conference play, but it seems like you've taken mm-hmm. it to the next step here since WAC play started. Just what do you think has changed for you lately? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just that um, I don't really think I don't, I don't. I didn't really think about it. I just keep playing like in the off season. I think that maybe in the beginning, how the team was a little bit like thinking in the injuries and all that, I think that 
get on my head a little bit too and I wasn't playing on my top level so when I get to the walk I before I talk about this I tell to myself that I wanted to do my best in this conference because in my senior year and uh, it's no I cannot go back to to my freshman year so yeah. just keep just keep looking from. yeah definitely and in uh in the conference play you're shooting about 55% I think from the free throw line mm -hmm. since then it's really gone up I think it's like 75 now in conference play is that something you kind of knew you had to focus on more or is it just more a matter of focusing at the line um it's not just me I think it was uh everybody on the team that good jazz good Miller, that good Miller always be helping me and let's go to some free throws he always stuck with me that how better will make me be knock those free throws down and how good would be for the team so it's something that I've been working out before non-confidence and in confidence so happy that the trust in the process yeah it's paying off it's paying off now you guys have a about a week and a half where you're going to be here at home finally after being on the road it seems like it's been back and forth on the road here at home but now you guys have a good stretch where you're really sleeping in your own beds practicing mm -hmm. you're on the courts how much are you looking forward to being able to play in front of the home crowd for three straight games I already said it after the game and we we excited because we know how the panel get, how the people is excited Las Cruces when we get back to play in the panel, and it's something that is um, is gonna it's gonna make us better. And these days at home, it's gonna be perfect to practice for us and think in our own game. Yeah, definitely. And uh, normally I end these podcasts just with nickname ideas, but obviously we've already <laughs> done that because you're a veteran on this show by now. So if you don't mind, I actually found a couple of uh, road games that you guys have had uh -huh. where the announcers try to pronounce your last name. <laughs> and I want you to kind of just tell me if you feel they did it did it justice, okay? Oof. There's just three of them. So just let me know. This one is from, I won't, name, I won't say the announcer's name because I don't want to put them on blast. No, but, no, 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 of course. But this is the uh, Chicago State game, your guys' is recent uh -huh. one. Carlo Mejo was going for the block and literally goes over the back. <laughs> How'd how that one do? I think, I think that it's, um, it's not bad. <laughs> but, you know, the R's are pretty hard for the people. Yeah, and yeah. when you try to read my, my, my last name pretty quick, it's getting hard in that part. Not, he, went, he went for it, though, because he went, he went for the yes. floor, talking and everything. Like, he, you got to admire that he lives one part, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one is from your uh, give against South Florida back in the Cayman yeah, Islands. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's what happened when you didn't read my last name before. Yeah, yeah. And you just read the band and you try to say my last name, but you didn't wrote it before. Yeah, you gotta practice. Like, oh my God. Yeah, you can tell he, got, he questioned himself midway through. You can't question it. You just gotta go for it, you know? <laughs> and then last one, this is uh, from your guys' I believe second game of the season against UTEP and on the road. In the interest of uh, time and getting it right, we will go with Yvonne. Refer to, uh, yeah, Yvonne is Yvonne. <laughs> Yeah, I think that they, those are the smart people that when <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind that people just go by Yvonne. Yeah, it's just Yvonne. Like yeah. I don't, I don't mind it. Sometimes they use Alcolado, that is my second last name, uh -huh. and I don't mind it. Like I know that my last name is hard, and yeah. I don't, I'm not making fun of any of the yeah. other announcers or anything like that. <laughs> well, that's all that I have, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, <laughs> Thank so, you much. so much. Yeah, man. Best of luck this week with these games.
So that was Ivan Aurekoetchea talking about his recent stretch of outings and where he feels his game is at right now. In case you guys don't remember, Ivan was actually the first guy I suggested nicknames to, I think back in like episode three or something like that. So I just figured getting clips of commentators trying to pronounce his last name would make for a good substitute this time around. Shout out to him for playing along there. But that is going to do it for segment number two. Alrighty guys, so now it is time for segment number three, which is a preview of New Mexico State's upcoming home game against Seattle on Thursday at 7 p.m. The last time these two teams faced off was on January 18th in Seattle, where the Aggies earned a 75-67 win. The Red Hawks are 12-12 this season, 5-5 in whack play, and here are their players that you need to know about. The first and most obvious one is Terrell Brown, a 6'1 junior who is the best scorer in the conference right now. The veteran point guard leads the whack with 19.2 points per contest in conference play on 36.5% shooting from the field. Now, he isn't a knockdown shooter, but this guy is one of the best floaters out there. He has a great touch around the rim, and he's a really strong finisher despite being six foot one. Now, Brown dropped 25 points on the Aggies in the first meeting of the season on 11 for 21 shooting, and you better believe he's going to be taking plenty of shots again on Thursday because this offense runs through him. Now, even though Evan Gilliard II has been starting for New Mexico State at the one, Sean Buchanan is actually been averaging 22 minutes per contest in the last five games and I think he'll be in that same PT range on Thursday because he really is the Aggies best bet to contain Brown so that is my duel of the game. Now, my second player to watch out for in this one is senior Morgan Means, a 6'3 shooting guard who I believe is one of the most underrated players in the WAC. This, without a doubt, is Terrell Brown's team and his offense. But don't forget about this guy. So he's averaging 14.4 points per game in conference play on 40% shooting from the field, 91.1% shooting from the free throw line. And much like Brown, he is a finisher at the rim rather than a long-range shooter. And New Mexico State's Terrell Brown will get the assignment in this one. Now, Means got held to just 10 points last time these two squads met up, and we'll see if Brown and the Aggies can have that same success on Thursday. Now, my third and final player on the Seattle squad to watch out for is sophomore Riley Grigsby, a 6'6 small forward who is averaging 10.1 points and 6.2 rebounds per game in whack play. And he's going to have a height advantage over Jabari Rice, who is 6'4 at the three spot. Now, Grigsby got held to just two points on 0 for 5 shooting in 32 minutes last time these two teams faced off. But he could be a real X factor if he gets hot in this one, which he's capable of doing. And if he can take some weight off the shoulders of Terrell Brown and Morgan Means, that's going to be really big for the Red Hawks. But now it is time for my key to success, and that is for New Mexico State to go to work down low, but it can't just be Yvonne. So the Red Hawks are shooting just 43.1% as a team from inside the arc this season, which is the ninth worst percentage in the country. Meanwhile, the Aggies are 26 in the country with a two-point percentage of 53.8. Now, like I said, we know that Yvonne is going to lead the way, but I'm also looking for Johnny to get involved in this one. The Redshirt Jr. went scoreless in the Chicago State game on 0 for 1 shooting and he also had three points in the game against Cal State Bakersfield on January 30th on 1 for 2 shooting so the Aggies need him to stay aggressive and make it hard for the Red Hawks to commit to double teaming Yvonne down low but now it is time for my prediction so can I get a drum roll please Alrighty guys, so for this one, I'm going with New Mexico State by a score of 74 to 65. Now it's gonna be a battle, but I think the Aggies have the Red Hawks beat on defense 
at the three-point line and inside the arc, throw in home court advantage, and I think New Mexico State will prevail to keep its win streak alive. But that is going to do it for episode 15 of Straight Shooter. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a like, a retweet, a comment, or any sort of feedback, depending on what platform you're on right now, guys. I really do appreciate the support. This has been Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jay the Sports Dude, and I'll see you guys next Monday. I'm out.